Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Lows to Highs podcast, Going Inwards and Growing Up. I'm your host, Kadeen, and I am so, so excited to have you here today. In today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with a dear friend of mine, Dom Perkowski, who is a certified breathwork and meditation coach and is also the founder of the Conscious Collective Club, which is a collective of certified teachers bringing meditation down to earth. I connected with Dom via Instagram. She kind of slid into my DMs about a year ago, and she has really shifted my perspective on meditating, and that's why I wanted to have her on this podcast so we could chat through everything about meditation, every dimension, while also debunking all of the misconceptions around this practice. So we both share our personal relationship with meditating, our routines, the impact that it's had on our lives, what the right way to meditate is, and how you can embrace more self-love during your journey. So whether you're new to meditation or you're looking for more information to deepen or explore this practice, this episode will give you all of the answers you've been looking for. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, Dom. How are you? Hi, Karen. I'm here. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm I'm equally as excited. So right off the bat, so you are a meditation and breathwork coach, which I think is super cool. But how did you first get into meditation and what made you want to become a certified coach? Yeah, so I right now am a certified Tibetan Buddhist meditation teacher and also a breathwork practitioner. And the way I work is like really trying to bring meditation like through a practical lens so people can understand it. Because I remember when I first started meditating, it was because of an identity crisis. I was having an identity crisis. um, And I don't know if we've talked about this before personally, but I had spent the majority of my life um, from high school forward thinking that I was going to work in the fashion industry. I did like the high school courses at FIT, at Marist. I did all the internships during college. And if you told me that I wasn't going to be the next Anna Wintour, I would have told you you were wrong. And I actually then got my first job within fashion and immediately recognized that it was not the environment for me. And that all of these years that I had spent building this identity of Dom working in the fashion industry kind of came crumbling down upon me. And I had no idea what I wanted to do next. Um, And in that, (laughs) that period of identity crisis time, I ended up finding meditation. And I had been into like spirituality before I had been working with it in college and I'd known about it. Um, so I dove back in when I was having this, like, kind of like, who am I period of my life where I was just like waking up feeling so hopeless, crying every single day. Um, and I found this book and this book told me how to meditate. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. There's nothing, nothing to lose here. And so that was the first time I ever meditated. Um, and after that, it was kind of this on and off practice where I would meditate for two weeks at a time be like, Oh, wow, I'm feeling amazing, fall off of it. Um, Then life was like, (laughs) again, uh, not feel great. And then I would get back into meditation. So it was this on and off kind of practice. And then towards the end of 2019, I started to do a little bit more regular, regularly in the sense that I was doing it like three to four times a week, I was going to studios to meditate, Uh, they used to have InScape up in Flatiron, which was cool. Um, And then 2020 hit. And meditation was the thing that held me down to earth as my life was blowing up. So the practice became much more committed, much more consistent. I had a teacher leading me through it. 
And it was just such a magical transformational practice that it just became one that is now obviously a huge part of my life. I love that. I love how it was clearly a tool that you had in your toolkit and you would kind of reach for it here and there when you felt like your life was turning to shit. And it wasn't until like, cause that's what happened to me too. Like I had been meditating for about five years, but same thing as you where there would be weeks where I would be meditating at least 15 minutes every day and like fully committing myself to it. And I noticed the benefits. Like I noticed how my thoughts were shifting, my energy was shifting. And then like one Saturday morning I'd forget. And then I'd be, I wouldn't meditate for another three weeks until I'm like, wait a minute, my body feels disaligned. Like I need it again. But I think that's the beauty of meditation where it's always there when you need it. And like, you could always go back to it. And it's not like a sport or a skill where you need to like really exercise and practice it every single day to master it. Like you can go back and pick up right where you left off. Um, And I think that's a really beautiful experience of like you kept going back to it and now it's become such a grounded part of your routine that you can't even like live without it. And now you're devoting like half of your career to it with being a coach. Um, So was it after COVID where you were like, I want to really devote myself to this practice and teach other people? So I didn't actually, when COVID hit, I was like, I, it was the first time I'd ever really focused on myself. It was the first time I'd let go of my goals and kind of just been in the moment and been like with myself in the moment. And I'd always known that I wanted to do something within this realm. Like it's always been a calling for mine of mine to do something with mental health. It's a part of my life. I used to have a clothing brand that donated proceeds to mental health. Um, And it's always been something really important, but for me really, meditation became the rock that held me down. And through it, I experienced because I was doing it so consistently, and I was doing it, like morning, between meetings at night, anytime I felt like I needed it, because it was just such a time of anxiety for me. It was such a time where everything that I had thought was solid and foundational in my life kind of blew up beyond just the pandemic stuff. Um, also like on a personal relational, uh, relational and familial level, like a lot of stuff went down. So I spent a lot of days just like not even knowing which way was up. And meditation was the way that I connected to myself and created space within that moment. So once I got out of that kind of rut, that really low rut, I was recommended by my teacher, because I feel like what we usually do within meditation is that we meditate until we get ourselves out of the rut. And then when we're good and happy, we stop meditating because we feel like Mm -hmm. we don't need it anymore. My teacher that I was working with recommended that I continue meditating, seeing how my mind works within that space. And I realized that it was so transformational that whether you're on a high or a low or a uh or in between, that it can transform the way that you're showing up every single day. And it completely changed all of the things that I had been, I had experienced like these huge patterns in my life where I remember being in my first uh, session with my one of my teachers um, and he, I, he asked me what was up and I said that I feel like I can see the person that I want to be, but I feel I always feel blocked. I feel like something always pops up in between it and I can't like when, whenever I get close, I can't reach this person. And through meditation, I was able to see how I was creating that through meditation. I was able to see what my thoughts, the patterns, my beliefs, 
how I was creating those blocks, how I was creating those things to keep on showing up. And then through meditation, I was able to work through them. So when I experienced that transformation, I was like, this is how are more people not talking about this aspect of meditation? Like we hear meditation being this uh, relaxing, stress-free kind of practice. And it's true. It is. It totally is once you get into it. But it's also this thing that can help you show up more as your authentic self. It can help you create more loving relationships. It can completely transform your life. So when I saw that, I was like, I have to become a teacher. And as, as most universally divine moments happen, the second that I decided that like I wanted to do something, I saw an Instagram ad for uh, Instagram ad, the studio that I've been following for years because I liked their Instagram said that they were doing a meditation teacher training program. And I looked up the teacher, Hector, he had a great <laughs> vibe. I loved him. Um, and so I was like, this is it. I want to go down this route. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Truly. Funny how the universe works. Like the funny, second funny. you, you <laughs> met, the second that you put out that ver- vibration, it naturally just flowed to you. And I love that. Um, I want to unpack what you described of like, you saw your higher self, but you couldn't access that person. So can you describe what happens in your life when you're meditating? Like, do you see yourself showing up better or do you experience these messages and signs that kind of, it could be based on your intuition or your subconscious that you didn't realize that you had those feelings or emotions or like what happens when you meditate? So when I meditate, it's a little bit of a mix of both. So, and I think it might be different for everybody, but the way Mm -hmm. that my visions come to me is through one visuals, but then also a very clear voice. And Mm -hmm. at first when I started meditating, that voice was kind of like this voice of intuition that I would hear. And when I heard it pop up, I'd be like, is this just me talking to myself? (laughs) But this voice would be so loving and kind and telling me like and directing me towards the direction that I actually wanted to go. Um, So I started to listen to it more. And the more that I listened to it, the more I began to trust it because it would take me down the route of what ended up being like this place that I'm in now where I feel more aligned and grounded within myself than ever. Um, So for me in meditation, it's a mix of visualizing that higher version of myself that helps me get there but also embodying the feelings and hearing the voice and getting the wisdom from the voice. It's different every single time. It's depending on like what I need in the moment. Um, But the coolest part is when you hear that meditation and feel that meditation and then something coincidentally happens outside of you in the external world that like supports that. And you have to be receptive to it. And I guess like my next question with that is some days when I meditate, I truly let go and I hear those words or I see those visions and I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm here. I'm present. I'm, I'm trusting the universe or this meditation and having it guide me. And I feel very relaxed or calm, but then other days, I don't know if this is based on my intentions of that meditation, but some days I feel so restless or I feel discomfort or I feel the anxiety in my heart or my chest feels really tight. And like, whenever I'm meditating, I'm like, okay, this is the time. Like this is when I release. And then I get into this internal war of like, why aren't you relaxing? Why are you still stressing? Just shut, shut out those thoughts. So I'm sure you probably experienced that too. And I'm curious, like as a coach, 
what are some ways to combat that internal war with your mind and your thoughts and your body? Um, Karen, I've actually never experienced that. (laughs) Oh my God. I was going to be like, wait, (laughs) am I doing it wrong? (laughs) I'm obviously totally kidding. Um, I honestly, if I could tell anyone anything is that those are the best days for meditation. Those we typically think that we typically think that the good days when we release and we're like just here and we're like feeling the vibe are the best days for meditation. No, those are technically considered the good days because they feel good. The best days to actually meditate is when your mind is absolutely crazy, where you are sitting and putting the effort to still it, even though it's crazy, even though you're restless. Um, because through that process of sitting with the restlessness, with the chaos, and still seeking or finding even a moment of that stillness or peace, you are showing your mind who's boss. You are showing your, whatever you want to call it, mind, ego, identity, that you are going on this journey of connecting to a deeper level of peace within yourself, regardless of what it throws at you. And that's the, that's essentially the premise of meditation is gaining control over our mind. So if we do it on the days where we don't feel like meditating, where we feel crazy, those are the best days to keep doing it because we teach our mind that even on the craziest days, we can get into it. The way that I would say for when you feel restless is allow yourself to feel restless. Because when you tell yourself it's not supposed to be like this, it's supposed to be peaceful, it's supposed to be this, it's supposed to be that, you are creating definitions of what are good and bad in meditation. And there is no good and bad in meditation. The deepest, the meditations where you are restless and you sit with yourself, despite that, you can find a deeper level of love for yourself. You can find a deeper level of acceptance for yourself, a deeper level of non-judgment for yourself. If you let those thoughts come in and out and watch them until your timer goes off or until you feel like you're ready to get off the cushion, you have created, you've put, you've planted a seed of being with yourself despite what it feels like. And that is a beautiful thing to do, to just exist and allow yourself to exist exactly as you are. So I would say if somebody is feeling like this within a meditation, allow it to be, allow yourself to feel the sensations of it rather than trying to make a judgment call of it. And just observe, watch what the mind tries to say to you. Watch what the mind tries to say to you because it'll tell you it's a bad meditation. You should be like this. You should be like that. And that's just good to know that the mind does that. Um, so that you can work with it. And you can also like gently lovingly say to yourself, no, this is I'm accepting exactly who I am in this moment. I am accepting the moment exactly as it is. And I'm finding peace in it. And that's what's going to help you connect to that stillness among amongst the chaos of whatever life throws at us in the moment. Listeners, if you just caught everything Dom said, rewind two minutes or however long that was and re-listen to that because that was so profound. Like I love, I'm, I had chills when you were talking about that because that is, I have that internal war, war so often and I have been meditating for so long. So sometimes my ego kicks in. It's like, you should be a pro at this. Like, why are you still struggling? You're not getting the, you're not getting it right, but you're honoring that messiness. And the fact that you said those are actually 
the better days of meditation. I think that's something that we don't really hear that often. We're often taught like when you're really deep state and relaxed and calm and peaceful and you control your thoughts, like that's the perfect meditation. And here you are saying, no, it's the messiness and it's just honoring the self-love. So re- re- rewind a little bit and re-listen to that to, <laughs> to get it injected in your brains. I love that. So what is your meditation routine? Like, do you sit for 15, 20 minutes? Do you sit on a cushion? Do you have a specific spot in your apartment that you love to meditate? Like, I love to hear how you do it. So when I was first starting out a consistent practice, and this is like important for anybody that's first starting out, you want to habituate your mind, you want to get your mind used to the routine of meditation. So when I used to do that, I used to wake up every single morning, have my cup of coffee, sit down 15 to 20 minutes every single day. Even if I didn't feel like it, I would sit and do it on weekends. Or if I really didn't feel like doing it, I would do it for five minutes to build that consistency. Because that's the most important thing, getting your body to get into a place where it's comfortable. And it knows almost like this is a part of our day, just like brushing our teeth. Meditation is a part of our day. Now that I've gotten, now that it's a part of my life, it's it's a part of my life now. Um, I, I like to say, like living life meditatively is also very important. It's incredibly important when you can catch yourself in the moment and bring in the feelings and the peace that you felt within meditation to everyday situations. That's ultimately the premise. I think that um, Pima Chodron says something along the lines, we don't, she said something like, uh, we don't meditate to become good meditators. We meditate to become more awake in our lives. And so that is kind of the route that I take now. I still meditate every single morning, but now that I know what it feels like to feel that level of stillness, whenever I feel disconnected from it and, it, and I can tell that it's going to mess up my day, I just sit back into meditation for five minutes, reconnect with that stillness, reconnect with my highest self, all of that like depth within me and go back and start my day. And I'll do it as often as I need to throughout the day. So if I need to do it in the morning and at the night, like I'll do it. And I've also been incorporating a lot of breath work into my morning routine, which is just a deeper level. It's, it's, I like to call it a more intense version of meditation because it gets you into those deeper levels of consciousness much faster. And as far as the breath work, is there someone that you listen to or watch? Are there YouTube tutorials? Like I've been doing Wim Hof's breath work sessions, like a 10 minute guided session. Um, I like his work, but is there anyone that you follow or do you kind of just guide yourself through that? So I do a mix, but I went to get certified. I love this guy. Um, (laughs) My teacher that I got certified through is David Elliott. So he has playlists that are amazing. Um, on Spotify. They're all free. He's a wonderful teacher. He has books. Um, So I learned how to do the breath work from him, which is just a three part pranayama breath where you inhale into the belly, into the chest and then exhale. So you can do that. His meditations, guided meditations are really good for beginners. Um, The biggest thing with breath work is that you tend to spend when you're first getting into it, you tend to spend like the first five minutes really fighting yourself because it's a hard practice to do the body gets really uncomfortable, you get chills, like a lot of things can happen into the breath work. But it's such an amazing practice. Once you get used to it, that if a guided app or, uh, or guided meditation isn't working for you, try to find a teacher that can help you hold accountability within the practice because it is just like, 
a kickstart to your day. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said like his work is free on Spotify. And I think one of the mm-hmm. misconceptions is that meditation isn't accessible. And I'm not, I don't mean by money because there are so many apps that are pretty inexpensive for like a monthly prescription. Oh my God. Subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, but yet we often feel like I don't have time for this or I can't meditate this morning. I have a meeting in 30 minutes. Like, how am I going to fit that into my schedule? Or like, we just don't prioritize it. So for you, like, do you think I'm curious what your thoughts are on the quote right way to meditate. Like, do you have to sit in stillness or can you walk and meditate or can you just really inhale and exhale your breaths and like find that awareness, even when you are in a meeting or before you're going out at night, like, does it like, what is that practice? Like, does it have to be so perfect quote, or it could be imperfect. I would say it depends on how deep you're looking to get into meditation. If you're looking for meditation as a stress reliever in your day, like something like just to relieve stress, you can make meditation what you want it to be. So when I first started meditating, before I actually got really deep into my practice, I recognized now that my running habit was meditation to me in the sense that like I was running, I was running seven miles a day and I would start the meditation, I would start the run really pissed off at something. And by the end of the run, I would be like, I just want everybody to be happy. But I would say if you're really looking to meditate, there is start off meditating, start off properly meditating in the sense of finding a space to meditate, habituating that practice, creating that place where you meditate, and then understand the peace that comes from it, connect with the stillness within it. And then you can bring meditation into every aspect of your life. That's why we meditate so that we can understand that the stillness is within us. This is why we create like a very strict practice at first, like with the posture and everything. So we can understand what that stillness feels like so that we can bring it into every other aspect of our life. And once we feel it, we can incorporate it into our entire life. But I would say, depending on how deep you want to go into it, it doesn't need to be perfect all the time. It's never perfect. But if you can find a space to calm your mind, for 10 to 15 minutes and take that journey the way that you want to, whether you want to go deeper or lighter. um, It's good to like have a kind of understanding of how deep you can go before you start to bring in different aspects. Mm -hmm. So if one, let's say one of our listeners has yet to meditate and they're listening Mm -hmm. to this episode, feeling really inspired, what would you tell them in terms of how to start this practice and how to incorporate it in a way that will help them stay committed and continuously evolve with meditation? I love this question. (laughs) Um, I was actually just writing something out about this. So if somebody's brand new and starting, I have a few tips for starting a meditation practice from scratch, which is the first one is set a space and create a space, meaning the sense of make meditation something that you love coming back to make a space in your home where you have a cushion or a pillow, you light a candle or some incense, and you really set the space. This is actually like a Buddhist trick to getting the mind to recognize that it's time for meditation. When you set the space in the morning, or when you set your space and clean it up and tidy up, it reminds the mind that it's a different part of your day, right? Because when you go to the gym, you put on gym clothes, when you go to meditation, you sit down, And so the mind can just think it's like every other moment of the day where you're just thinking when you 
take time to set the space and put care into it, your mind is like, oh, this moment is different. This is time for us to meditate. So that's the first tip, really setting the space. The second tip is, and this is just to build consistency, to get used to the practice. It doesn't have to be perfect when you're in the meditation, but this is just like a format for you to be able to find that consistent practice. Finding a time within your day that you can show up to meditate. And this can be, it's recommended that it's in the morning or in the evening after work, before you start your day or after you end your day. Um, and making sure, like, and finding time to do that. Because if we, if we don't make time for meditation, we'll never just find time to meditate. It's like the sad fact of it. No one's like, oh yeah, I just have five minutes to sit down today and work with my mind if you haven't started. So finding a way to, Work that into your routine, build that consistent practice, because it becomes a habit that you're like, oh, I need to meditate at this time, I need to meditate at this time. The next thing, and this is my favorite thing to call out, um, maybe my second favorite thing to call out is recognize the excuses that pop into your mind before you actually sit down to meditate. This I like to call the pre-meditation meditation, because our mind will throw distraction at, at us. Like you said, um, I don't have time. I don't, uh, I'll just finish this one thing before I sit down to meditate, or I'm not doing it right. I'm bad at it. And that's all just like stuff that the mind is throwing at you to keep you away from actually benefiting your mind um, and learning how to focus it. So recognize those thoughts that are popping up, whether they're judgmental thoughts, whether they're uh, procrastination thoughts, anything as distractions and go and sit down anyway for the meditation. And then finally, oh no, two more points. Um, <laughs> celebrate your practice. This is my favorite thing. And this is what's helped me create a joyful practice. We are so hard on ourselves when we first start meditating. We're doing this weird thing of working with our minds for the first time ever. If you sit down, if you're putting in the effort to meditate, to do something new, celebrate each moment. When you sit down in the meditation, when you notice that you got distracted and bring your focus back, after the meditation, when you're done and getting off the cushion, find moments to celebrate, connect to that sense of accomplishment, because what this is going to do is make you actually want to come back to the cushion over and over again. And also lessen those judgmental thoughts that pop up and within meditation. And this comes into the rest of your life. If you start celebrating within meditation, you'll notice that you celebrate yourself more um, outside of meditation. And then finally, and this is something that I wish I had known when I was first starting um, meditating, which is find a teacher or find a community. Uh, meditation, like I said, weird, weird, weird concept. We like sit and we work with our minds and we're like, is this right? Am I doing this right? Um, and having a teacher and community can not only like help you learn what's going on, help you understand your own practice better, help you get some expertise from people who have experienced but it also holds you accountable and it makes meditation more fun because meditation is like this individual effort that we do on our own. But when we start to connect to other people through it, we start to see the impact, the collective impact that it can really make. So I would say if you want to make your meditation practice fun, find a teacher, find a community to meditate with. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about this the other day, how I have only been doing solo meditations, whether it's through an app that I use or just me guiding myself. And a few months ago, when I came to your in-person conscious collective club, club class, I felt so different after that meditation than I ever have. And it was, I think it was because I had never 
experienced such like a room filled with so much love and energy that was in aligned with my vibration. Like we were all just collectively meditating in our own minds, in our own world. But there was some something in the air that made me feel so connected to everyone. And everyone that night was a stranger except for you. So like the fact that I built that like invisible connection to those individuals was something that I've yet to experience. And now I'm exploring more ways to have in-person meditations or group meditations. And I guess with that, let's let's talk a little bit about Conscious Collective Club yeah. and what made you want to start that and what the purpose of it is. So uh, I love Conscious Collective Club. Um, so Conscious Collective Club, you know, I have been leading my meditations by myself, like working on my own business. So the way that like I break it out is that like Dom as a meditation coach, like I'm here to bring you deeper into meditation where Conscious Collective Club is here to bring meditation down to earth in the sense of bringing you into what we know as teachers that meditation is not just this weird routine that you do in the morning. It's not just about fighting your thoughts in between breaths. It's about transforming the way that you show up in your life. So what we hope to do is kind of show through different modalities how meditation can really transform your life beyond just like sitting in a meditative routine. So we have some fun events um, and exciting things coming up. We have a meditative dinner that I was just telling you about that's coming up to show you how, how deep the connection between food and yourself run. We have a meditative dating event coming up uh, at the end of March to show people how like meditation can impact the way that you date. And this is things that we know as teachers. So I'm working with wonderful uh, group of meditation teachers and other modality teachers um, who are all aware of this. We've used meditation to impact our work life, our relationships, our friendships, um, understand like deeper levels of what we're doing. And this is what we want to bring to people. We want to show people that it's not just like this boring or weird routine for monks on the mountain that it's this thing that has modern and practical applications to our lives. And that can just help us show up better and more like our true selves in every aspect. That's, I think the beauty of your work is that you are showing different ways to incorporate this practice aside from just sitting on a pillow alone in your room, like a meditative dinner, a meditative dating event. Like people don't, don't really necessarily put the two and two together and they don't see the connection of how meditation really does impact every aspect of your life. And if you can't, it, it's what allows you to show up better so that when it comes to your job or it comes to your friendships or it comes to your relationship with food, when you are becoming a better version of yourself and you're more in tune with yourself, all of those things naturally also flow into the right place. Um, so yeah. I think that's like, it's such an interesting way to look at meditation um, and what it can do for you aside from the individual uh, like singular benefits that we typically first notice. Yeah. Um, well, meditation is meditation is basically working with your beliefs. You know, it's reprogramming your beliefs into ones that are more supportive, loving and compassionate for yourself. And that, I mean, changes you said that the room was filled with love. It's a bunch of people meditating, coming together in like, you when you bring people that have that kind of uh, mindset together, you can just like feel the vibe of the space. And so when you think about when you're going on dates or when you're doing anything in life, like when you're about to go out and you've had a rough day before um, 
you've had a long rough day at work and you're about to go out and hang out with your friends and you're carrying all of these emotions and carrying your day with you, you can sit and meditate for five minutes or meditate for 10 minutes and completely change the way that you show up when you go out and make it a completely different experience. So yeah, it's like, like you said, it's, it's touches every aspect of our life. It can. And I'm kind of on a mission to help people. (laughs) You're succeeding. You're succeeding. Um, Just to switch gears a little bit. So I don't know if you're familiar with the whole like that girl TikTok trend of like doing a million things in your morning. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So one thing about that is like there's a laundry list of things to do in your morning, which is like like light a candle, journal, meditate, eat your green smoothie, like do a million, million different things. And for a very long time in my life, I had a reminder on my phone, which said like it went off at every day at like seven in the morning, like journal, meditate, gratitude, pray, this, that. And some days when I would dismiss that reminder, I would feel defeated by the end of the day because I didn't do those things. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are in if you're trying to get into meditation, like how to prevent yourself from just checking off the boxes or checking off that to-do list and really approaching it with a place of, I want to do this for myself in the most authentic way. And if today I truly don't want to meditate or don't feel like meditating or don't have the time to meditate, that's okay. I'll get back on track tomorrow. But how can we like limit that that pressure to meditate or add this into our routine in a way that really also to your point before celebrates the practice and celebrates yourself. I think that that's it. It's making it part of your routine and celebrating it. And, you know, I'm a double Capricorn moon and rising. So I totally understand the aspect of adding stuff to your list just to feel like you're doing something. And through meditation, I've found like the balance between doing things because you love yourself, doing things for your benefit, which means that if some mornings it's harder to wake up in the morning, allowing yourself to sleep, letting go of that routine, but understanding or almost looking at that routine, like it's here to benefit you. It's not this thing you have to do. It's not this thing you're being forced to want to do. It exists and you can do it or you don't have to do it. So like finding love and forgiveness for yourself through your practice is incredibly important. And that means also like within the cushion, even if you are feeling like thoughts of judgment, using that as an opportunity to put a little bit more love into your mind, doing if, if, if you feel too pressured because you've put this to-do list of meditating every single day for 30 minutes, um, do it for two minutes. Do it for five minutes. Do it for a moment. Do it for however long you can just to ingrain some of that love within yourself and start to see it as something that you're doing because you love yourself and not because you have to be anything else than you are. Because that's that's not the point of it. We're not trying to make you be more. We're trying to show you through meditation that you're enough as you are already and that the mind is just convincing you that you're not. Mm-hmm. That's like what meditation shows you. I love that because essentially what you just said is change the language in your head. You know, I like how you said the routine is for you. And one thing that I'm trying to 
incorporate more in how I talk to myself is I don't have to work out today. I get to work out. I don't have to eat clean. I get to eat clean. And even just that subtle word shift like brings my mind and body at ease because it's it removes that pressure. And in that way, I'm to your point, I'm proving to myself I'm enough as I am. I don't need to to be more. I don't need to do more. So let's honor where we are. And it's so simple as just a language shift. So if you're listening and you have those negative thoughts coming up, repeat what Dom just said. You know, this routine is for you. Meditation is there for you. It's a tool that you can pick up and bring in whenever you really need it, but don't hold yourself to the standard or this pressure that you have to do it every single day or that it has to be perfect. Yeah. And one of the most powerful things that I've learned within meditation, like I used to be a person who always put her positive emotions like up front and never wanted to look at any of her negative emotions. Like I was a huge, like toxic positivity myself, Mm -hmm. big repressor. And meditation was what allowed me to actually start to feel and understand my emotions. And it's so beautiful. Find such a deep love for myself, this expansive level of love for all of me. Because what meditation essentially teaches you or what Buddhism philosophy ingrained in meditation teaches you is that nothing is good or bad. We are projecting meaning onto everything from our perspective. So anything that we consider bad can be good if we choose to believe it. So what I started to do in 2020 as a practice to work through my feelings was to share love with myself when I was low, when I wasn't my best self, when I wasn't the person that I wanted to be, when I couldn't get out of bed, all of these things. And I found this expansive level of love that even if the most anxious thought came in, I'd be like, hey, love you. Thank you for being here. I'm going to love you through this. And so we go through points in our life where we are lower and we do need to like sleep in more or we choose to have the junk food, even though we know we should be having the salad or like whatever. And this is life. This is life. It's humanness. We're human nature. We can experience, I mean, your podcast is called high and low. So like Mm -hmm. we can experience both of those things. Um, And then there's days where we feel like that girl, like I just spent two years being in the lows. And now I'm coming out and I feel like that girl, I'm doing my green smoothies, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing my hot yoga classes. But like, it's both, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And one or the other isn't better than either of them. It's about finding balance between the two. And I went on a little rant there because I want people to love themselves through the lows a lot. So I love that. I went on a rant no. there. <laughs> it was worth a rant. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. And that was exactly what my last podcast episode was about was shifting your perspective on those low and high moments. Like you need the lows to teach you those lessons. And then when you have a high, you see it in a very different light, like that this was a blessing. And that's it's the balance and it's the roller coaster of what all that makes this beautiful human complex life. So you've kind of touched on it in the beginning with your initial career search path. Um, but what was another really low experience that shaped who you are and allowed you to receive a blessing? Because I really liked the quote that you mentioned before that like nothing is good or bad. It's simply your perspective and something bad can be good if you shift your perspective on it and vice versa. So what's an experience or example in your life? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> I know that's like literally what I'm thinking right now. I'm, I'm going to like use the example of 2020 because this was the first time I ever came into like consciousness of 
working with my lows consciously because for the first, like for a while I felt like I was, what's the word? Not a victim to, but like I could never find any sense of grounding because like at any moment, like my high could be taken low and my low could be taken high. And in 2020, when that happened, I had enough of like a spiritual background to know that uh, shit was hitting the fan and I want to figure it out. And so it was rough. Like it was on a familial relationship level, kind of everything just blew up for me. I won't go into a lot of the details of it because it's like pretty personal on my end, but it was one of the lowest parts that I was in my life. I spent a lot of time crying, a lot of time crying in 2022, not uh, 2020, not knowing which way was up, but working through trauma that I had repressed, working through heartbreak that was killing me, working through like relationship stuff and patterns that have been haunting me for life. And for the first time ever feeling those emotions and processing them and going through them. It's, I always laugh with my therapist that like, oh, we decided in 2020 that we're going to just feel our emotions now. <laughs> and it was the most confusing time in my life because I was rebuilding myself and I was rebuilding all of my beliefs. And it was a lot of anxiety, a lot of confusion, not knowing which way was up, not knowing what the next step was, not knowing who I was going to be when I came out of it. Like people like to call it a spiritual awakening. Sure, call it a spiritual awakening. It was a lot. It was a lot. But it was Karen, when I tell you that it was the most beautiful gift that had ever been given to me to be able to experience that low and to work through it and find the stillness in that low, find that even when the chaos is going on around me, that there is still peace within me. It's changed the way that I looked at life. I mean, it's, it's transformed me into somebody that I like that I wanted to do something to teach and to help people with like mental, uh, with their mind for a really long time. It finally gave me the confidence to do that. But not only that, it allowed me to now start to bring my authentic self into the world more that self that I always wanted to bring in, despite what my mind is saying to me. And now I'm on the other end of it. I just told you, I've, I've, I'm feeling like I'm that girl now. Mm -hmm. I have never felt more grounded and more aligned with myself than I do now. Oh, and it was like, oh, it was such, it was such a deep, deep time, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And so for anybody that's listening to this podcast and is going through it right now, I, I deeply empathize with you, but know that this, this work is work. That's why it's hard to get out of bed. That's why it's hard to know which way is up. That's why it feels heavy. That's why you need more sleep because this emotional, spiritual em is work. So take it easy on yourself during this process. You will see the other side of it. There will be hope at the other side of it. And you'll get to look back and be like, wow, that was amazing. But be so kind to yourself. Give yourself so much love through this process because a lot of people don't tell you how much work this is. It's a lot of time, dedication unpacking it's really going deep and in, into your like to your to your point before like your unhealed traumas or thing patterns in your life that you might have noticed but you never really worked through it but you know you have to work through it to get out of it so whether that's you know working with a therapist or meditating or 
journaling or whatever the practice that you find works for you in order to really move beyond that low point, you need to really honor yourself and dig really deep in there um, to get out of it. But there is light at the end of the tunnel is the the moral of the story. Um, yeah. The, the last it's beautiful. Question- yeah, it is it's beautiful and it's bright. Yeah. Um, the last question that I had was one thing that I personally struggle with is knowing that I love meditating and how valuable it's been in my life. Obviously I rave about it to everyone, whether it's my parents, my friends, coworkers, whoever it might be. And even though I explain the benefits and how transforming this practice is, people don't get it or they don't care to act, add it into their routine. But I know a lot of people in my life who, if they meditated, they would benefit so much for, from it and not selfishly, like I don't think that they would show better in the world towards me, but for themselves. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners also have someone in mind where they know that person can benefit from meditation, but they're not taking a step towards that. So what are some ways we can invite people to this practice? Because essentially with you being a meditation coach, that's kind of your goal to invite people on this journey. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that is if you meditate and you love meditation and you have a friend that you wish would come into meditation, but they're feeling against meditation or don't feel like it's for them, you keep meditating. You keep meditating. You keep talking about meditation. Do not force another person to come into a meditation for you. The only person that we can work on is ourselves. And if you do the deep work, people will want to know what you're doing. People will see you show up more authentically. And I've seen this happen in my own life. Like I'm jazzed up about meditation all the time because it's completely transformed my life. This has invited other people to get jazzed up with me, my friends, my parents, the people that like would have never thought to do this in the past. You keep on working on yourself. You don't need to pressure anybody into the practice. Allow people to come into it when they need to. Invite them. Make it fun. Like make it something that you talk about. Um and they'll come when they need to come. You know, when you when you show up as your authentic self and when you show up in the benefits that meditation give you, uh, people will notice that and they'll want to know what's going on with you. And That's a great meditate. answer because essentially what you're saying is your energy will change and people will notice that energy shift and they're going to be like, what the hell is that girl doing? Because I want what she's having. And then naturally they'll start to see the benefits and they will want to to be brought into this world. And one tip that I have is meditate with a friend. Like sometimes if I notice my mom can benefit from a 10 minute meditation, I'll be like, mom, come, I'm going to meditate, do with me for 10 minutes. And yes, in the beginning, it's like for us awkwardly laughing because, you know, it's kind of weird. But um, I think those group meditations are also a really great way. Bring a friend to one of Dom's in-person sessions or get them a gift card to a, a meditation class. Like, if you really want someone to be brought into this world, you can, they need to do it on their own and to be committed to it. But there are some ways where you can kind of introduce them to the world. And from there, then they can decide, are they ready to do this or not? I'm big on people finding their own way into meditation, whether it's like through me or through a friend or through an app, like it's, it's everybody's own personal journey, Karen. I'm sure you know that like the journey starts differently for everybody for some people it's breath work for some people it's meditation 
Um, and we can't control anybody else's journey. So just continue to show up as you. And then mm-hmm. I'm, then people will follow the people who need to come or ask you questions. They'll come, they'll come and they'll meditate with you and it'll be so much fun. Exactly. Well, this was a lovely chat, Dom. I would love for you to tell everyone where they could find you, what you're up to. I know you mentioned a couple of events that you're hosting, but what is your Instagram? Um, give yourself a little self-promo. Oh my God, I love you, Karen. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, if you want to find me, I am at Dom Cha Cha on Instagram. So at D-O-M-C-H-A-C-H-A. That's my personal Instagram. And if you want to hear more about events in New York City or virtual meditations that we'll be putting on through Conscious Collective Club, uh, you can follow Conscious Collective Club at, at Conscious Collective Club. And I will I will link everything in the description below so you guys have easy access to Dom and her platforms. But today was such an amazing chat. I feel like I am enlightened and I can't wait to meditate <laughs> for the third time today. Um, oh this, was, this was so helpful. And I'm sure our listeners also really benefit from this, Um, whether they have been meditating or are new to the practice. I hope it inspired you guys and taught you some things that you might not have learned quite yet. But Dom is brilliant. And I'm so happy that we have her on this podcast to share her wisdom. So that's it for today, guys. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye.